This is First Date Stories, the podcast, the show where women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond talk all about the first dates they've been on. From the wildly successful to the completely disastrous and everything in between. Here's your host, Jody Klein, founder of FirstDateStories.com. This season, we've had a few guests talk about how, for one reason or another, they wished they had followed their intuition and listened to their gut. The story you're about to hear in our season one finale is all about going with your gut instinct. It's also a testament to the joy and personal enrichment that can come from taking risks, following your heart, and living in the moment. Rose was on her way somewhere when she walked by a man. Their eyes met, and a 10-minute conversation followed. Their chemistry was palpable. This incredibly brief encounter led to her traveling to Europe just 10 days later for a magical first date. Here's Rose's first date story. Welcome, Rose. It is really nice to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. As our listeners know, here at First Date Stories, we're all about women's stories. Let's start off talking a little about your personal story. I'm 48 years old. I am a multifaceted entrepreneur. I have quite a few businesses, and I juggle between the different businesses. I do a lot of work empowering women uh, through my different uh, services and products, and I keep myself quite busy. You're really making a difference in people's lives, in women's lives, it sounds like. Yes. What about relationships? What is your quote-unquote relationship status? I am single. I was married, and I actually do not like the term divorce, so I never say I'm divorced um, because I, I was married to a wonderful man. We had a really beautiful chapter together, and often divorce... It comes with feelings of negativity, and, and it's that was never our relationship. Um, so I have very fond memories of our time together. And so I just say I'm single, um, and I'm grateful. Let's shift gears and talk about the date. Who did you go out with? I went out with a gentleman named Jared. How did you and Jared meet? We met in the town that I work in. He was helping out with a event he was in town visiting from France, and our eyes met, actually, and we just had this really beautiful connection. We talked for about 10 minutes and uh, had a lot of chemistry between us, and he gave me his card. He said, I'm on a flight tonight back to Europe. Please look me up. I would love to connect with you, and I'm captivated by your smile. Wow. <laughs> You're saying that you were just walking down the street. Yeah. And you saw this man. And our eyes met, and we just And smiled. you stopped in your tracks. I had to stop in my tracks because there was a wine and food festival going on and there was a lot like the sidewalk was packed and I actually had to naturally stop right in front of him because he was helping out his friend who was orchestrating the festival. Wait. I wasn't actually going to the festival. I oh. was going to go meet someone. How long did you two spend talking to one another? About uh, 10 minutes. And then we started emailing and about 10 days later, I was on a flight to France. You were. So my first date is actually my week with him in France. Your first date took you to France. Well, actually, we met in Spain, and we I, I serendipitously had friends that were going to Spain. They had chartered a boat. And he kept saying, like, when are you going to come to Europe? I'd love to show you around. 
And then my friends a few days later were like, yeah, we're going to Spain on this boat. And I was like, oh, my God, is there room? And I'm like, yeah, there's actually a couple that just canceled. So I emailed him, and I was like, okay, I know this is crazy, but I was invited to go on a trip, and there's space for two people in Spain, and it just seems like such a magical experience. Is there any way you would want to come and meet me? And then he wrote just the most exquisite email back. And in our emails were like, there was so much chemistry in the emails. And he said, wow, this is like something out of a movie. I would love to. And he said, and if you wanted, we could rent a car and we could drive along the coast and back to where I live on this in the south of France. So I was like, okay, that sounds magical. Yes. It sounds incredibly magical. Yeah. And it does sound like something out of the movie, but it was your life. This happened in real life. Yeah. Take me back to the email exchange. What was it about what he said that you responded to? How did you get a sense of who he was through his words? Because we didn't know each other very well, and in the short amount of time, the 10 minutes we were talking, we were talking about our passion for travel. He is from Australia originally, and he lived in Australia for many years, and now he lives half the time in London and half the time in France. So we were talking about just our passion for travel and what fuels our heart and soul. And there was just a lot of flirtation in the email and a lot of desire on both of our parts. Is Jared about the same age as you? I am 48 and he is 59. Were you attracted to him the first time you saw him on the street? You looked at his eyes. Oh, very attracted. He looks like George Clooney. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. So what happened next? So he was actually in London at the time, and he said, um, you could fly into London, and then from there, I'll book our flights to Spain, and I'll take care of everything once you get here. So I booked my flight, and he picked me up at the airport and kissed on the lips and just hugged, and he was, you know, he's like, I can't believe you're here. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm here. Like, it was so surreal, because I just met him for literally 10 minutes. When he got off the plane... How did you identify him? Did he look exactly like he looked when you saw him last on the street? Exactly, yeah. And then we spent the day, uh, we went back to where he lives and dropped off my stuff. And then we just had like a sweet day strolling through the park. I had a little jet lag at one point, so went back, took a nap, and then we went out to dinner. And we like were very attracted to each other and had a lot of just amazing making out and making love and it was like it became the most incredible week and I went there with no expectations you know at this point like my heart just and soul just need this so deeply and badly that whatever happens happens and so it was magical it was interesting because we spent like eight days together and the everything about the trip, you know, like we fly to Spain the next day to Mallorca, and that was incredible. And it was just so fun, like flirtatious, strolling hand in hand. And again, once I got there, like he took care of everything, which is really lovely. Total gentleman in such a sweet, sweet soul and heart. At the same time, though, he was set in his ways. He's an Australian man, 59, who'd never been married. And there were a lot of differences about us that I didn't really see us in the the long haul in terms of like carving out a lifetime together which was interesting because it became even more liberating in terms of our time together I was like all right it's not going to happen so 
I am just going to be so fully in the moment. And I got so loved up. Our chemistry in bed and the lovemaking, it was like I've never experienced anything like it before. It was just orgasmic bliss. It, it so. sounds like a, an incredibly healthy, rejuvenating, yeah. life-affirming experience. It was, wholeheartedly. In this eight-day first date, how early on did you figure out that he is for the now, not for the long term? I think like four days in. What was it that clued you into that? We were still with my friends, and we swam to this beach, and I led everyone in a yoga and a meditation session, and everyone was so on board. And there was another couple on the boat, and they were from South Africa, and they they were, like, not feeling it, and he hung out with them. And, I, like, I was trying to get him to join us, and he's like, oh, no, I don't do yoga or meditation. And I I mean, I'm a, one of the many things I do is a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher, and then... I was like, you don't want to try it and you don't want to experience it? And he was like, no, I'm I'm pretty content. And which I, I totally and wholeheartedly um, appreciate. And at the same time, I could see in many ways why he's still a bachelor at 59 and had never um, been married. He's like from the outback in Australia, just staunch in his ways and in some ways can be open. In some ways he can be very close-minded. And at the same time, he's also very content with his life in London and in France, in the south of France. And I just couldn't see myself there long term. Mm -hmm. At one point, we were like playing with the idea of when we're together in five years. And it was like I would have needed to mold myself and carve myself into his life. And it's not where I'm at. I'm a really passion-fueled person in terms of like I, I love orchestrating events and bringing women together. I do a lot of community building. I felt like I would be very isolated there. And I also am in this process of creating all these new businesses and I'm fueled with ideas. And I, I, I just saw myself like I would feel crushed there. You came to this with an open heart oh, and you absolutely. gained real perspective, it yeah. sounds like, during this eight-day period. Yeah. And at the same time, continuing to, like, have so much joy and fun. And, you know, it was like, up until the last day, it was like passion-filled kisses. And it was never fighting or anything like that. It was more just an epiphany that I'm like, this is not, this is Mr. Right now. Yeah. And I'm going to enjoy every moment of getting loved up. That is such an amazing an awesome expression, loved up. Yeah. What happened at the end of the eight days? At the end of the eight days, he brought me to the airport. At that point, we were at the, in the south of France at his in the little village that he lives in. And uh, we drove to Nice, which is like an hour and a half away. And we had a passionate kiss goodbye and said we hope to see each other again. It was really hard to leave because, as I mentioned, like he fueled up my love tank. I hadn't really had any experience like that in quite a while. I had been separated from my husband. I call him my husband. And we had been separated for almost two years. So I hadn't really had any anything that deep or beautiful in a while. And so I was really sad to say goodbye to him. And at the same time, I was looking forward to going back home where I had an event that I was really looking forward to. Tell me about the rest of the story with Jared, please. So Jared and I continued to email and call each other, and we did a lot of FaceTime. And then it just, as the months went on, started to taper off. And it's funny because a lot of the trip I documented on social media, and our pictures were stunning. And I, the first picture I took from the airport, and I took this picture of like 
I'm so excited. I have no idea what's going to happen. And I share the story. And so all these people started following me. It's probably one of my most popular, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram posts ever. And so what was more interesting was when I got back for many months. Actually, I mean, I still get questions about him because it was such a love story in terms of the pictures and the just follow your heart, follow your bliss. And I just shared from the beginning, like I have no expectations. I'm just really looking forward to seeing what unfolds. So there were a lot of women who've shared with me that because I was so open with my story, it's given them a lot of hope. And uh, women were telling me they started to like put on lipstick when they would go out and because you never know where you're going to meet someone or you, you just never know. I love that. You can that. meet someone in a grocery <laughs> store. You can meet someone, you know, at a restaurant. You can meet someone in a parking lot. So just be open. I mean, one of my dearest friends was married to someone she met at a grocery store. You just never know when it's going to happen. You never know. How amazing that you inspired mm-hmm. so many women to just have hope that it can happen to them in the most unexpected moments in their lives. So they just have to keep, as you say, having an open heart and showing up. Had you ever taken such a risk like that before? Yes. I mean, as the older I get, though, I would have to say I take less risks. So it was really liberating to be able to do that again. Part of what you said about not having expectation is... I think important to go back to because so many of us just start on a down a path with a man and suddenly our brain just like takes us down this path of all this expectation that we layer on to the moments with this man but you were able to hold yourself back and not go down that path how did you do that I've been trying to lead more and more in my life of not having expectations I've been hurt in the past, and so a part of my meditation and part of my um, just way of living now is just being more in the moment and being present and just honoring what is rather than what could be. What learnings did you take away from all of this that we haven't talked about yet? What advice do you have for our listeners as well? Be open and receptive. You can meet any someone anywhere. And first of all, self-care and self-love is the most important love you can give yourself. Um, The more you can start off your day with just really honoring yourself and your beauty and and loving yourself up, then the more the people are going to see that in you because you see that in yourself. About a year ago, I also started a journal where I focus on the man I want to bring into my life and the qualities. And I... (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I'm creating him in a test tube. Um, <laughs> so, and which is actually how I created my husband. Um, I, I, it was funny. I got so specific about what I wanted and I got exactly that. I know exactly what I want in my life. And so I love the word manifesting because it's got the word man in it. And I've been manifesting my man. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I take it then you recommend that our listeners start their own journal. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And consider yourself a goddess and a queen. And consider exactly how you want to be treated and honored and treat yourself that way, honor yourself in that way, and then the world will be much more receptive and open to finding you that man that's going to just love you up. That's wonderful advice. Thank you, Rose, for sharing this incredible story of your whirlwind romance. You're welcome. Slash first date. (laughs) (laughs) It's been terrific to have you on the podcast. 
Thank you. And one more piece of advice is to just say yes to opportunities that come your way. Yes. Thanks for listening to this season-ending episode. We're already working on season two. In the meantime, feel free to go back and listen to earlier episodes you may have missed or re-listen to ones you enjoyed. If you'd like to be a guest next season, we're accepting applications. Just go to firstdatestories.com forward slash share and tell us a bit about yourself and the unforgettable date you went on. While we're preparing our second season, there will still be a lot going on at firstdatestories.com with new insights and Ask a Coach articles being published by our team and our wise relationship and self-care coaches, as well as other fun stuff happening. To stay current and get advance notice about the debut of season two, go ahead and sign up for our bi-weekly newsletter, The Weekender. And when you do that, you'll get a free ebook. It's called First Date Do's and Don'ts. And now for the legalese. This podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as professional advice for our listeners. We suggest that you always consult with your own personal coaches and advisors. First Aid Stories does not recommend or endorse or object to the views or topics expressed on this podcast. Also, the names of the guests and their dates are often changed for privacy purposes. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, what are you waiting for? Just go to firstdatestories.com, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. First Date Stories, the podcast, is produced and edited by Kim Poletti and Lisa Gray at Soundline Productions and is brought to you by Espoir Ventures. Thanks for listening and keep going on those first dates. We'll be back before you know it with more memorable first date stories.